Good morning. Good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored by uh, David Isit in honor of uh, myself, Hazaka Baruch, thank you, and Rabbi Mimun Miller, our dear friend. And of course, um, breakfast is also sponsored by Shlomo Sawisa, Melech Shlomo, in honor of Sami Sutton, Hazaka Baruch. May you be serving us uh, Sambusak at breakfast for many years to come, and even one day have one of them yourself. Okay. Rabutai, the Pasuk says, Six days should be done. On the seventh day should be holy Shabbat Shabbaton Lashem. The question is, why is it that we're now saying? The uh, commandment of Shabbat, again, in, in the parasha, we just said it before. In fact, in the Torah, it mentions Shabbat, the Isurim of Shabbat, obligations, 12 times. So it's the, maybe the most often mentioned mitzvah in all of the Torah because of its central position as a beam, as a pillar of what it means to be a Jew, the importance of Shabbat, Rabotai. However, aside from that, we find ourselves now in the beginning of Vayakel in the process and the procedure of building the Mishkan. And as uh, Rashi says, Hikdim lahem azharat Shabbat, he, he preceded the building of the Mishkan with the commandment of Shabbat, Mishkan, before we were commanded and spoken about the building of the Mishkan. Why? Lomar, to teach you She'eno Doheh. Shabbat, that it doesn't push off the Shabbat. Even though it's so important to build the Beit HaMikdash, the idea of uh, breaking Shabbat in order to build a Mikdash is an anathema to what Judaism stands for. And the question really is, one really needs to understand, why is it that the building of the Mishkan is not Dochei Shabbat? So of course we know that it's a, it's a halakha that's learned out in the Gemara, from this connection, from the, the commandment of Shabbat right before the Tzivui of the Mishkan. But I'm asking a deeper question, why is it that that should be the case? To compound the question, one needs to understand that in the Beit HaMikdash itself, all the time they were breaking Shabbat. It was non-stop Chilul Shabbat. You bring a Korban Tamid, what do you have to do? First thing you do, you slaughter the animal. The animal, that's a, that's a Yisur Deoraita either because of mifarek, either because you're squeezing the blood out through the process, or because you're nitilat neshama. <clears throat> and either way, there's for sure asur. Then what would they do? They would take the skin off. They would, you know, they would, uh, what's it called? Also asur. Then they would take the animal, they would cut it up, and they would put it on the mizbeach, and they would cook it effectively, right? They would, uh, they would be grilling it. Also asur. Everything that they did was asur. It was unbelievable. It was one non-stop Hilul Shabbat show. Why? Because the... Pasuk says specifically that the korbanot, it was mutar for them to do the korbanot. Even, by the way, things that were not part of the actual service. If it was midrabanan, they would say there's a halakha that says shvut, a, 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 a sudrabanan on Shabbat, was mutar in the mikdash as well. So even something they didn't really need to do, it was mutar in the mikdash. So why would it be that the setting up of the mishkan you can't do? But everything that happens in the Mishkan is actually mutar to break Shabbat for. If the idea is that the, the uh, Shabbat is more important, <clears throat> then surely the building of the Mishkan would actually, also, uh, would actually also take precedence. So there's a very interesting law, which on one hand seems completely unrelated, but when you understand it on its, uh, on its axis, you'll actually see how it's connected to this idea as well and what it teaches us 
in, in our lives as well. <clears throat> There's a halacha. Imagine you're a doctor in a hospital. You get called on Shabbat, someone's about to die, you go need to go do heart surgery. Mutar to go to drive to the hospital? Of course. Mutar to do the surgery, cut the guy, habura, you just, you made him bleed. Asur on Shabbat, no problem, no problem, no problem. Why? Pikuach nefesh. Pikuach nefesh, docheta Shabbat. It pushes off Shabbat. If a guy is, it's a matter of life or death, there's a, we don't say chilul Shabbat. The question is, my rabbi asked us, <clears throat> he said, if that's the case, Let's say you have a guy who's working in medical research. Every day he goes to the place, he develops this medication, etc., etc. It's going to solve uh, cancer. It's going to solve, you know, uh, a person going into uh, <coughs> sepsis. It's going to stop a person from bleeding out, an anticoagulant, whatever it might be. There's many medications <coughs> that the production of that medication is going to be the difference between life and death. So if I'm allowed to be, as a doctor, to go in and to do a surgery on somebody to save his life, so someone who's working in medical research should be allowed to go to work on Saturday, every single Saturday of his life, because whatever he produces is going to be produced one-seventh faster. Is that mutar or not? Halakha is not. Now, there's many reasons why. The first one I want to take off the table, because all of you are thinking, who knows? Maybe he will make it, maybe he won't make it. Even if he makes it, who says the FDA is going to approve it? Even if the FDA approves it, maybe Pfizer will shut it down because they make more money from sick people. Who knows what's going to happen in the final analysis? Look, Alex, I know my wife's lahma uh, ajin and mashi is also to die for. But the words to die for doesn't make it pikuah nefesh. You know, the idea that you're going to have uh, someone cooking on Shabbat is not going to save the guy's life. If, by the way, someone's dying of starvation and I have a solid item of food, go ahead and cook it. No problem, by the way. If that food is going to be only prepared by cooking, it's going to save the guy's life, no problem. So take away the safek of it. In other words, maybe it will, maybe it will. Let's get rid of that. Let's say absolutely. I already figured it out. I tested it. I know it's going to be. The only thing I need to do now is, is work on the research of preparing it. Halakha is asur. Why? It's going to save maybe hundreds, thousands, millions of lives. Asur. Why? My rabbi said something unbelievable. He explained to us, he says, the idea of pikuach nefesh, that is doche Shabbat, that it pushes off Shabbat, is because there's somebody sitting here in front of you. His name is Sam. You want to give him, you want the surgery, and it's going to save his life? No problem. There's a pikuach nefesh lefanecha on the table we're judging this case. The fact that I'm preparing for something should never be confused with the thing itself. That's what Halakha teaches us. Now let's go back to the Mikdash as well. In the Beit Mikdash, you have a Korban. The Korban itself is something that brings people close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It does things to the Jewish people on a spiritual level that in some ways Shabbat does not do. Says the Torah, Hashem says in His Chokhmah, that what I want you to do on Shabbat as a Kohen, I want you to come, I want you to do this. I want you to be Mahalel Shabbat in the Mikdash. It's not considered Chilul Shabbat because this is the way, I do, the way I presented it. The idea that you could prepare the Mikdash you could build something, and then I'll have all of those things in it. Don't confuse preparation with the item itself. Rabotai, it teaches us a tremendous lesson for Shabbat as well. A lot of times, you have someone, you ask him why he's going to work, what will he tell you? I'm going to work to provide my family the best possible life. That's why I'm going to work. And by the way, 
He's not sketching. He's not lying. You hook him up to a polygraph. The guy will pass with flying colors. He's going to. That's why he's doing it to better to better and benefit the life of his family. Go ask his family if they feel that their lives are being benefited by his work, and they'll tell you, "We'd rather a fifty percent reduction in luxury, rather and have our father fifty percent more of the time." The father's not lying. But somewhere along the line, he forgets the difference between preparation for and purpose of. That is the nature, Rabotai, of Shabbat. If you ask someone who's working in a store in retail, and you ask him about closing store on Shabbat, it's very difficult. What will he tell you? Shabbat's my most important day. So important. Everyone's shopping. You have someone, Hazit, the guy who owns hotels. So who suffers more from keeping Shabbat than someone who owns hotels in their head? They're thinking to themselves, this is the most important day, most important thing. Therefore, the Torah says, where am I going to teach you what's Asur? How am I going to teach you which things? I'm going to take the most important thing. Building a house for HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. And I'm going to tell you, those are the things that are Asur. Because they are, by their very definition, they're not the object itself, they're the preparation for the object. We confuse purpose, so to speak, and, uh, and preparation, those two things. And that is the nature and the power of what Shabbat actually offers us. To understand for ourselves, stop for a minute and get to the point. What is the point? The point was to be able to build for your family, to be able to have a spiritual existence, to be able to do all these wonderful things. And if that's the case, I want to share with you one story and with that will end. The wife of, uh, Rev, uh, uh, of Rev Eliashiv, Unbelievable. You, if you ever study, by the way, the genealogy of some of these Talmidei Chachamim, it's not normal. His, the wife of Rev Eliashiv was the daughter of Rev Shlomo Zalman. Okay? So, like, you're talking about two of the biggest giants of the day. They're marrying together. These are like, you know, in all these, uh, in, all these um, in, the, uh, in the kingdoms, what they would do is they would make these power marriages. You know, that they would bring together, you know, this country and that country or this house and that house, you know. But could you imagine in the Olam Ha'emet, you know, the Simcha that was going on up there when Rav Shlomo Zalman Auerbach's daughter marries Rav Eliyashu, you know, it's unbelievable. Who is the daughter of this family? The daughter of this family is the wife of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. <laughs> you know, who's the grandmother? The grandmother is, uh, is, the, is his grandfather, who's the father, is Rav Arya Levine. It's like... You know, wherever you go, this is the most, the, if it was like God, religious Sudoku, Yani. You know, the connections each way, this way, they're adding up to tremendous zikhuyot. So she would wake up every, her husband would wake up every morning to learn at 2 o'clock in the morning. What would she do every morning at 2 o'clock in the morning? She would wake up, she set an alarm, get out of bed to make her husband a tea. So he'd be able to sit and learn and study heke like this. One day, someone gives a present to the daughter of, of Rav Yashiv to Rokhaim Kalievsky's wife. What is it? It's a kumkum, uh, one of these uh, water urns that all you need to do is you set it from, you, you can, what's it called? You set it from the night before, you put all the thing in it, you put the tea in it, and all the, you have to do is push a button. So she said to her mother, look, I got this gift, but I think it'll be great for you. Your, you know, daddy gets up every morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. I know you get up out of bed just to make him a cup of tea. You prepare it night before. All he does is push one button, chalas. He's got the tea right there. Everything's, everything's right? You can sleep for an extra hour. You're getting older. The mother looks at the daughter. She says, what, also this enjoyment? Also this you want to take from me? Also this, also the misra of getting up 2 o'clock in the morning, you want to take from me? See, the daughter, she mixed it up. She understood that that was the preparation for the misra. And she thought, you know what, better than, 
the, for the mother, for the, the wife, what she saw, she saw such a beauty, a value in being able to, we, they don't, we don't build people like this today anymore. So we think of these things that we do in the preparation of mitzvah, this is a hassle, and this is the item, you understand? So effectively, what we're learning from here is the, A, the power of Shabbat. Number two, to never mix up the purpose and the preparation. And number three, to always keep our eyes on the prize. Be'ezat Hashem, we should be zocheh, to rise from ma'ala, from strength to strength. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.